Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pelvic Matters. I'm your host, Marina Castellanos, a physical therapist and specializing in pelvic floor health for women and children in Westchester County, New York. Today, we have Julie Hartman on the show. Julie Hartman is a retired birth doula who continues to serve the birthing community with prenatal and postpartum support groups. In addition, she is a certified lactation counselor and a new parent educator. Julie teaches classes based on her observations of working with families in this chapter of their lives. Most importantly, she is the mom to three adult children. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you so much, Marina. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to come and chat with me. Um, and I think this is going to be a really valuable episode for women who are expecting, women who are planning to get pregnant, um, you know, women who have already had a baby and looking maybe to think about nursing with their next baby and, you know, just kind of getting into a little more information and bringing about some awareness of what's kind of involved in terms of your services, because not every mom really knows and not everybody really receives any information um, yeah, that's true. about lactation. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't we start off with just some basic information. Can you tell listeners what is a certified lactation counselor and what do you actually do? Sure. Yeah. Thanks. And thanks for bringing awareness to this very important topic. Um, so I am a certified lactation counselor, which means I can support women who are, well, what I do mainly is support women who are in the process of breastfeeding. So um, I do prenatal consultations, but in real time, when you have your baby in your arms, I help you to, I help uh, new mamas and, and partners really learn about what it takes to have a a, a successful breastfeeding relationship, um, the patience that it takes mainly, um, the timeline that it takes to learn to, to breastfeed, because even though it's reflexive for the baby, it really is a dance between mama and baby. And it really does take a minute to, to get that coordinated, to feel comfortable, to get through the, uh, the, the kind of beginning stumbling blocks that can hopefully, if you have a, a support from a, a breastfeeding professional, you can overcome and then um, get to the easy part of breastfeeding, which um, hopefully happens after you, you know, you have, you're a little patient with the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, that's great. I think that was such a great um, description that you just gave to everybody. And I especially love how you mentioned it's not just helping new mamas, but it's helping their partners as well, because I don't think partners are really aware of what goes into this. Oh, absolutely. Um, having, um, having a supportive partner, having supportive people around you, people that really are understanding of your desire and uh, are not going to derail your your breastfeeding efforts and and um the you know and and understand also again prenatally I like to educate you know mom and and partner um and then have partner be very very supportive of all that uh that they've learned um so that they can encourage mom they can give her the love the kindness the the really the cheerleading that that she might need um to help encourage her and help her to again that the beginning can be a little rocky um and just to smooth that out to encourage to remind 
her that she and baby are both perfectly built for this. It's just sometimes getting that coordination down is part of, you know, the again, the frustration of the beginning and having someone there who uh, doesn't, you know, who re again, reminds you and doesn't really um, succumb to pressures of sometimes pediatricians, sometimes, you know, well-meaning grandparents, um, you know, there, there's really, uh, there's really a lot of pushback sometimes, especially in the beginning and especially having to do with feeding babies. But we have to remember that we are, this has been happening for millions and millions of years. It is really a perfect system. It's not always easy and it's not always elementary, but it can be learned and most problems, most issues can be overcome with a little education, definitely time and most definitely patience. Absolutely. And thank you for all that. I think that's, it's so important to recognize that breastfeeding, even though it is something that's entirely natural, it doesn't necessarily come easy. Um, I, and it does I, require I say, the support, yeah. the patience, <laughs> Um, you know, maybe that help with the coordination. And for my, for my own experience, I didn't breastfeed my daughter. You know, I, I wasn't somebody who was hundred percent. I'm going to nurse my baby. Absolutely. You know, I was kind of unsure going into it. I did nurse her right when she was first delivered. Um, mm -hmm. And then after a really, you know, I, I mean, I don't think any C-section is ever easy, but after a, a trying C-section, I'll say, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, really, I just needed to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I said, you know what? I was like, we'll try again. I said, but if it comes down to me feeling like I'm going to get mm -hmm. through this, get through healing um, and doing what I need to do to help myself so that I can take care of my daughter, you know, nursing might not work yep. out for us. Yep. Um, and in the end it didn't. So, yep. you know, and there's emotions that all come with that, but yes, absolutely. In the hospital, um, you know, I, I do, I don't think there was a huge abundance of pressure, but definitely, you know, the nurses were kind of like, you know, what did you decide to do? We got to tip, you know, we got to figure this out. We got to do this, we got to do that. Mm -hmm. And there was definitely like, you know, some added, um, you know, some added level of stress because of that. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, having the support and being kind of prepared for that, you know, ahead of time, I think would have been really helpful. I, I definitely agree, Marina. And, um, you know, I'm sorry, you you didn't feel that you got the support that you needed, but um, you know, honestly, um, I always say I always start off every conversation with um with new families saying breastfeeding, although it's the most natural thing in the world, it is not the most elementary. It takes some time. There is a learning curve. The learning curve can be mm -hmm. steep. It is not insurmountable with the right support and with the right education. Um but but it's there it's absolutely there babies are resilient babies are built to withstand that learning curve you know don't forget we haven't always had the availability of you know formula and other tools and bottles to feed our babies so babies had to be fed this way and so you know we are babies are coded to to know how to do this reflexively um but sometimes the coordination is, you know, or there are other factors, C-section, mom's health is certainly 
paramount in all of that. And so, you know, thank goodness we have alternatives that I, oh, you know, I am not dogmatic about it at all. And I really hope that people that come to see me um, for help and for support really do feel helped and supported and, and really know that I, I support whatever decision they make in, in, you know, in advance or in real time when baby is in your arms, you know, mm -hmm. because it, it mom's health is is the most important thing and so that's always that that always comes first obviously so i i applaud your your decision making process and you know um i think it is important to to let your listeners know that <clears throat> you know having an understanding like i like i just mentioned having an understanding of what is happening physiologically and anatomically both in mom and what baby is reflexive, reflexively capable of doing, I think gives you a better un understanding of the whole process and how the timeline might work. Um, and I think, you know, obviously education is power, understanding and knowing what all the components are, the bits and pieces can make the, um, you know, can just sort of help to get you over some of those bumps that might that you might encounter along the way um and you know and again ultimately if it doesn't work out for you and your baby thank goodness we have alternatives that's what's wonderful about you know modern about modern women but let's not forget we are you know we are uh descendants of our prehistoric selves we you know we're we're cave women at heart but way back when but you know um but we do have we do have other tools and thank goodness we do yes absolutely can you share with listeners a couple of those bumps in the road that you typically see um during lactation especially for you know new moms and like first-time sure. moms sure um a very common problem especially while moms are still in the hospital first of all i i I always recommend um, skin to skin as soon after birth as is medically possible. Um, that is the best way to start your breastfeeding journey off on the right foot. Um, if you can get skin to skin, if you've had a vaginal delivery and there's no medical issue with the baby, you can usually get skin to skin pretty immediately. Um, if your baby is born via C-section, you can usually get skin to skin with mom, you know, within, by the time mom is in the recovery room, um, which is usually about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour after the baby is born. That is totally fine. Again, babies are resilient. Not everything has to happen on a, you know, on a timeline, but as I always just say, as soon as possible, starts your breastfeeding journey off on the right foot, if that's the choice you're making. Um, and, you know, just the, so that's, you know, that's the first, that's not, that's not always a hurdle. That's just a recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of hurdles, um, I see, I get a lot of um, questions about sleepy babies. You know, my baby seems to be very, very hungry. And then I put the baby to the breast and the baby falls asleep. Well, you know, newborns aren't, they, we, we think that newborns don't exactly understand hunger until about the third week of life. Mm -hmm. um, and so what newborns wanna do is suck. 
They just want to suck. And a happy coincidence of a newborn baby sucking at his mama's breast is that his tummy will fill with fluid, with, with colostrum and then mature milk. Um, so that connect that that hunger idea is is really we think is not really present for babies until around the third week of their life they don't get that that nice satiated feeling of a full belly equals happiness and calmness and all of that newborn babies and babies you know up until about three months really just want to suck. They suck reflexively. They can suck in, in certain uh, phases of their sleep cycles reflexively. Mm -hmm. So they are coded wanting to do that. That's how they soothe. That's how they learn the world. So again, they just want to be at their on their mommy's skin, at their mama's breast, ideally with their mama's um, nipple and areola in their mouth and sucking to soothe and to calm and to really understand this brand new, brand new world that they've just been born into. It's, you know, obviously very soothing for them. So I think the, the most common um, thing to, first of all, idea to understand is that sucking is, is what they want. And it's not about filling their tiny little mm. tummies. Um, and if they have the breast in their mouth, because they just want to soothe, they might automatically fall asleep. And that can be frustrating for mom. And that can be frustrating for, you know, medical professionals, you know, everybody sort of has their lane that they're, that they're concerned about medical professionals, pediatricians, most notably, um, you know, when you go for your, you know, two or three day checkup after you, you know, you get out of the hospital with your baby and you go to the pediatrician. The first thing, one of the first things they do is weigh your baby. And if your baby's weight has, has dropped lower than they feel comfortable with, they automatically, you know, not autumn, I shouldn't say automatically. Mo many times they will suggest supplementation, pumping, all these yeah things that aren't really necessary that we expect babies weight to, to, to drop. Obviously pediatricians understand why, but maybe I'll just explain that to your listeners if that's okay. Yeah, um, we can take a minute to do that. Sure. So babies, babies are born, babies are born and weighed almost immediately. Um, babies, when they are born, they are very, very plump with fluids because Number one, they've been living in an aqueous environment the whole time they've been uh, in their mommy's uh, uterus. Um, so ingesting fluids, plumping up with fluids. Um, in addition to which, if mom has had any IV fluids during the birthing process, whether she had an epidural during labor or if baby was born via C-section, mom will have those fluids also. Uh, mom will take in fluids and then of course, so will baby. Um, so babies are quite plump at birth with fluids. The minute, you know, the birthing process, squeezing through that tight space of the birth canal helps to rid the baby of fluids. Um, but most of the fluids from birth that they lose come after the baby is born mm -hmm. when they start peeing and pooping. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, we weigh newborn babies while they're still in that very plump state full of fluids. But then they start peeing and pooping and, you know, by day three, it seems like they've lost a ton of weight when it's really natural for them to do that. And this is what's expected, but it's very, very scary for new parents to hear that their baby has lost 
7% of birth weight or 10% of birth weight, when mm -hmm. in reality, birth weight is sort of an unnaturally high elevated weight for a newborn baby. Um, but this is, you know, this is, we, we use that weight uh, you know, and then the, everything, everything is, is measured off of that weight going forward when the baby has um, her first visit at the pediatrician, you know, a couple days later, whatever it is. And so um, it, it should be expected and anticipated and internalized by new parents that their baby is going to lose, you know, a, 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 a percentage of weight that might feel like a lot but really it's anticipated and, sh and it should be normalized by our pediatricians, by our medical care community so that it doesn't freak new parents out in the way that it does. Um, yeah. And I so think it, I, I think I remember my daughter, you know, dropping some weight, you know, after she was born, just like you said, and, um, and I knew it was normal at the time for that to happen. And I don't remember it being covered in any education class that I took as to why, the babies lose weight. Mm -hmm. um, you well, know, you didn't. You didn't take my my. That's class. true. I did not. I did not know you then. Because <laughs> if, if, if I did, I would have taken your class, Julie. <laughs> yes, if you were part of the Nest Assured community, you would have heard that millions and millions of times. Like, yeah, I that's a whole to... other. That's a whole other podcast topic talking about childbirth ed and yeah, you know what's included, yeah. what should be included. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, that, so I, would, I yeah, so I just wanted to circle back to the 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 biggest obstacle oftentimes is a sleepy baby at the breast. Okay. Um, and there's, you know, there's ways around that. There's ways to pick up on your baby's cues because your baby cycles in and out of different sleep cycles, um, a lighter sleep and a deep sleep cycle. So even though they appear to be asleep, there is a portion of their sleep cycle called REM, which is a lighter sleep cycle that neonatally reflexively they are able to open up their mouth and suck even though they appear to be sleeping so that's my fix for uh for sleepy babies okay so we have a few minutes left i want to talk a little bit about you know the experience of working with a lactation consultant so you obviously provide a lot of education um mm -hmm. in terms of any hands-on care and education is there assistance with latching with positioning mm -hmm. okay so can one, you share yeah, briefly absolutely. a little about that mm -hmm. yeah sure great question um so once baby is born um i am i can uh help with most most fixes most most tweaks I need to make are usually very, very small, very minor because it is sort of the biological norm. The fixes are usually very, very small. So I come, I, when I'm working with a mom and a baby, it is mostly on position. Um, and that's really um, what, you know, what a CLC, somebody who has my education level um, is, is mostly working on um, positioning um, of baby to mom, having baby high enough on mom's body so that baby isn't sort of fishing for the breast, that the nipple in areola is sort of right there for the baby to open up with a wide gaping mouth and, and, and have the, the nipple and the areola in the mouth properly. Um, 
you know, so that's, that is basically what um, a certified lactation counselor would help a mom with positioning little small tweaks, um, trying to help mom to understand the, again, the anatomy of the baby and how, and how it, the fit has to be pretty perfect with the latch um, to, in order to get the right, uh, get the right position of the mom's breast in the baby's mouth. Mm-hmm. And I love how you're talking about with bringing the baby up to mom, because then uh, from my perspective as a physical therapist, you know, thinking about mom's posture, which yep. can definitely decline, especially in those newborn months, you know, there's already been changes during pregnancy that have to be addressed and aren't, you know, usually addressed um, right away postpartum. But then when you get involved with nursing, there's more tendency to round the shoulders, hunch yeah. forward. Absolutely. Um, and that just puts so much more strain on mom's back if they're not being educated as to, you know, how to do it in a better way. Absolutely. And it might make mom, you know, give, give up on breastfeeding sooner than she might want to, because it's not sustainable on her body. Um, so, so, you know, so how I, you know, again, in my, in my groups and in my classes, I really stress uh, the position of mom's body, having her back and neck fully supported, having her elbows supported, having her knees at a right angle or smaller so that Mm -hmm. she is giving her back the support that it needs and lifting baby always comes to mommy. mommy. Mommy should not bend over to baby, baby should come to mommy, whether that means using every pillow in your house, whether um, I I have specific um, breastfeeding pillows that I really, really prefer to recommend that are firm, that are more like almost like shelves that attach very closely to mom's body, um, that don't push away from mom's body with the weight of the baby. And that is all in support of number one, mom's back, neck, and shoulders, um, and two, getting the baby um, high enough on mom's body so that the baby is, is positioned properly to come to her that she's not coming to the baby. And that is, that is one of the, the, the biggest, that's probably the number one um, issue that I need to address with new moms and babies. Yeah. Cause then as a result over time, and then the weight of the baby just increases, then that strain just gets more and more. And also when you're in that hunched forward posture, you know, then you're not using your core, you're not using your breath correctly. So there's a whole bunch of things from the rehab perspective that aren't being, you know, addressed just by doing that. So um, definitely good, definitely good suggestions um, from Julie there, everybody. I hope everyone's taking some notes because she's giving us um, a lot of great information. And um, one thing, Marina, I know you'd be proud of me about. After, okay. I, I always remind partners to remind their the 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 mom after baby is latched. Sometimes when baby is latching, mom's shoulders can be really, really hunched up. It's mm-hmm. stressful. She's protecting herself. You know, I always remind partner, whoever is with mom while they're while they're in this learn on this learning curve to just touch her shoulders, to remind her to take a big, let her breath out, put, get her shoulders, you know, put her shoulders back down where they belong so that she can, so that she can, uh, you know, relax with the process of once her baby is latched. So I I I know I would get props from you for doing that. You know, I'm a big fan of breathing Yes, (laughs) and relaxing the shoulders (laughs) and everything. Absolutely. absolutely. Definitely another good tip right there. Um, As with everything that comes with motherhood, 
right, ladies, we have to breathe. Um, okay, Julie, this was so great. And thank you so much for all the wonderful information that you shared with us. Can you share any suggestion um, to people in terms of what to look for when they try to find a certified lactation counselor? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, well, certainly, um, you know, you want somebody, I think the most, every certified lactation counselor has wonderful training. I think it really all comes down to personality, finding someone that matches your personality, whether you're someone who, you know, really wants, um, a, uh, like a very soft approach, whether you prefer somebody who's full of facts and, and is a little bit, has a little bit more of a direct approach. It really depends on what your love language is, how you're going to receive information and how, um, you know, how your personalities click. So I would just say, you know, prenatally, don't, don't, you know, don't forget to have a certified lactation counselor as part of your postpartum team. And that does take a little bit of research and a little bit of time prenatally to talk, you know, to research, you know, to interview people, talk to people, see if your personality um, clicks. Um, and if that does, you can be sure that her, that the certified lactation counselors education will be, will be there to support your breastfeeding needs. But I think ultimately it comes down to um, personality match. Right. And the other key thing you said there was to research this prenatally and not mm -hmm. wait until the baby's coming out and there's difficulty with latching. And yes. You yeah. know, then you start to develop that uncertainty. So definitely having this as part of your baby prep list of things Absolutely. to work on before the baby actually comes after, you know, the baby's room and all that stuff that can wait. That can all definitely wait. That can work all wait. on getting yeah. your postpartum support team in place because that is the most important thing um, that you could really work on. And like you said, I think that was also great advice for just making sure there's a personality match, just like you would with your person who's delivering you, your, your midwife, your OB, your doula, who, whoever's helping you, yep. you know, in the birthing experience, you want there to be a good match and a good feeling with personality. So taking the time to work on everything prenatally is, is pretty important. Yes, absolutely. It's the most awesome. important thing. Awesome, Julie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, can you share your contact info and tell everybody how they can reach you? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks so much. Um, you can reach me um, at nestassuredwithjulie.com. That's my website. All one word, nestassuredwithjulie. Um, and there's a, a way there to, to contact me, to reach out to me. Um, or if you want to uh, reach me directly by email. It's nestassured1, the number one, nestassured1 at gmail.com. Um, I'd love to hear you, uh, hear from you. Um, and thanks, Marina, for having me on and giving me the opportunity to share um, what I do. Yes, and everybody, I've had the opportunity to kind of step into Julie's um, prenatal and postpartum support groups, um, which are wonderful. So I highly recommend checking Julie out, even if you're not local, um, you know, she's doing these virtual support groups, which is such a great resource um, for expecting and new moms. So um, definitely check it out. So, all right, Julie, thank you so much. Um, we are going to sign off for today. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pelvic Matters and be sure to listen in next time.